Sorry, this is not usually my role, and I'm having to learn to do it. <clears throat> We're so honored that you've come out on this hot summer Sunday morning to worship and share in the life of your church. And we who are on the staff of Main Street know that there are many things vying for your time and attention. And we deeply appreciate you making church a part of your life. So thank you for being here because we know that we don't do worship to you. You bring worship with you. You make the worship happen. So today we are blessed to have um, Reverend Eric Davis to preach to us, and he's going to be preaching on and off throughout the next year with us as we are a year without uh, an associate pastor, and Blake will be in the, in the lineup too. And so today you're going to share the life of him. But today just relax and engage God as you are and welcome the Spirit into your presence. Um, let's pray. Holy One, we love you. Though we are easily distracted, we do desire you. Help us to celebrate and embrace and become more like you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
We come to that time in our prayer, and I want to thank you all for all the prayers you've offered for the Mississippi Annual Conference that occurred this past week. Um, we, Eric and I were just talking, there were a few outrageous moments, but it wasn't an outrageous week, and for that we're grateful. So, um, you know, the, the, you can take a few moments when the whole week is not that way, and so we're grateful for that, and thank you for being um, for praying for us and for the whole conference. Just a few names that I want you to hear this morning, and you can lift up your own as well. Mary Margaret Tatum, it's been kind of confusing because she was in the hospital, then she went home, and then she went back to the hospital. She's out, uh-oh, she's out of um, critical care and is in um, on the rehab floor at Forest General and up and around walking. So um, she is a testament to being tough. Mary Margaret is 97. It's hard to believe, but she's still going strong and still has most of her marbles, and I'm not sure I still have most of mine. <clears throat> um, we want to continue to remember Gloria Omakin, who's trying to find some rehab facility that she can be a part of. Let's remember Tim Cole as he continues to um, engage cancer treatment. Sarah Catherine Wallace, for those of you who are on Facebook, know that she and her family took a short trip to Chicago. and. She, in her own words, I'm bald as a cue ball, but I'm having a good time. So she's still going to continue to receive chemotherapy. Tamara Cater is going to have some what we think is non-cancerous uh, surgery, and so we remember her. Dina Crawford continues to have health issues. Alice Cooper, a mother of John and family that we have here, is back at Brookdale. And uh, Karen Wiseman is battling a lot of health issues. We've been praying for Civitan Camp. It starts today. I thought it started last Sunday, but it starts today. Okay, we got the wrong, got the wrong uh, date on here. So hopefully they had a great week and everybody survived the heat. Um, Toby and I were the representatives from here to um, the funeral for Sharon Miles' father, which was in Starkville yesterday, and it was a sweet funeral. And so continue to remember Sharon and her family in your prayers. Ron Hegwood um, has went found through a fluke, found that he had some blood disorders and is in the hospital. They don't think it's a long-term issue, but he, you know, he's going to be in there a few days until they can stabilize this. And then Rome Emmons died yesterday. The services will be Tuesday, visitation at 1030 and the service at 1130 here in our sanctuary. So remember the whole family in your prayers. Are there others we need to lift up at this time? Well, let's pray using the litany on the screen. Almighty God, grant that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we offer these prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's continue in worship.
beautiful. All right. Just about everybody. Okie dokie. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Mr. David and I, we helped our son and daughter-in-law move to Ohio. Okay. Um, How many of you came to Vacation Bible School? You came to Vacation Bible School? My son was Pharaoh. Do y'all remember Pharaoh and Bible studies? Well, he was Pharaoh, and they had a volcano there. And now he has moved to Ohio, far, far away from his mom. All right. Um, Have any of you ever taken a trip to Ohio before? Have any of the big people around here ever driven a moving truck to Ohio before? (laughs) Hmm. Your daddy has? Okay. 
There you go. Well, we had to stop and rest because it was such a long trip. And when we stopped to rest, my son, Colin, realized that any way that he could have charged up his phone was packed away in some box somewhere that we were too tired to try to find. And his phone was not going to make it. His phone was just about dead. And whenever it lost all of its power, was he going to be able to use it at all? No, and we still had a pretty long way to go to be able to get to where we were going to go the next day. And that's a problem, isn't it? But you know what? Thank goodness he has a mama, that would be me, that always over-prepares because I was able to say, is this what you need, Colin? And he was like, yes, ma'am. So I gave him something to charge his phone overnight so that the next day we could all communicate with each other and know where we were and be able to talk on the phone, okay? No, we've had a motel room. Okay, we didn't rest in the car. Um, Have you ever been so busy that you ran out of your energy? You needed to be charged because you neglected to plug yourself in. Do you know what our source of giving us energy besides rest? Do you know? It is... God, right here. When we read God's word and when we pray, then we have our source of energy, okay? It is essential. It is essential for Christians to be usable to read God's word. Now, in the Bible, there's a story about Mary and Martha. They were sisters Any of you that have a brother or a sister, did they ever aggravate you? Because I, my brother and sister used to aggravate me when I was growing up. They used to aggravate me. And this story, Jesus had come to visit and Martha was busy, busy, busy. And she was rushing around, preparing everything. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she was listening to him. And Martha was getting very irritated with her sister. And Jesus pointed out that Mary was actually the one that had chosen to do the best thing. And you want to know why? Because she was getting spiritually recharged. Okay? On our own power, we just we just go down too quickly. But... If we will take time to plug in to God and read God's word and prayer, God will fill us up with his spirit. And we are no longer just running on our own power, but we're running on God's power. So each and every day we need to get plugged in to God. All right. Now we're going to go upstairs and we're going to we're going to learn about another story that's fun. All right. This one's fun too, but I mean, we're going to have some fun up there. So let's bow our heads and let's say a prayer and then we'll go upstairs. Dear God, thank you for all the stories in the Bible that remind us of how we should live and help us to slow down, to breathe, and to focus on you. 
And in Jesus' name, we always pray. Amen. Good morning, Main Street. It's a blessing to be with you this morning and uh, to be in this role here. And usually the Davis family, we're sitting in the far back causing a ruckus back there. So it's good to be here and they're going up there and we're going to have some good time this morning. Our scripture, as Susan has already alluded to, comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And if you have your Bible, open that up. If you have your app, as I tell his college students, scroll to that, uh, that book, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And I'm going to pray before we begin. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this space and this hour that we gather and we make these slow steps to this moment. And whatever has been distracting us and whatever has been at the front of our mind and whatever has been tugging at our heart and our emotion, may we slow down. And may we make authentic steps, be intentional for this space, in this moment. And as it's already been said, to rest and to be here with you as you are here with us. May you be glorified, may you be magnified. And may you be worshipped in all that we do. And all God's children say, Amen. So this morning here, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's go ahead and put this forewarning out there. And the college students that are here, they know this very well. Uh, I so often am Martha. So let's just go ahead and be honest. Uh, I find myself distracted, maybe like yourself, and all the things that have to be done and the tasks that kind of rise and pop up in the to-do list. So if I can be honest this morning and be truthful, uh, this is speaking to me and coming right at me. Maybe it speaks to the church and comes to the church. And one of the things as I was reading through it, this Mary and Martha story, I think it's one that we don't need to lose and one that we need to continually tell to each other uh, in the church. I don't know how your family is uh, when guests are coming over, uh, when you've invited a group and you're going to be hospitable to individuals. uh, There begins to be a little anxiousness that rises. You're going to have 
people come over to the house and you're going to host them. And for us and our family, uh, there's an anxiousness that begins and maybe even a little nervousness of you got to get everything just right. You got to clean the, and make it the cleanliness it's ever been and get just right there underneath the places that you've already cleaned. Usually when the in-laws are coming over, this is when it comes to the height of anxiousness. <laughs> this is when the, the uh, overwhelming uh, thoughts begin to stir. I haven't done enough and I haven't got it all just right. The to-do list and maybe even the honey-do list begin to stack up. Have you been there? Have you been in that place where you're inviting someone over, you're going to be hospitable to someone, and there you go, the anxiousness begins to overwhelm you and overtake you from what you actually are meant to do? Welcome someone. There's a, there's a saying at the Wesley, uh, there's a saying at the Wesley that, that the individual uh, that caused this saying, uh, he was distracted by many things. And if you've ever been to the Wesley, the campus ministry, if you've ever been there, we love to eat. And if you host students, college students will come to have a good meal. And we love our good Wesley sweet tea. If you've ever been there, taste it, have a good time. It's really good. But one of our college students one day, he went to go make the sweet tea and, and he just ran into the kitchen. He was getting it ready and he prepared it just right. And he brought it up and he was smiling, set it on the counter. We had the meal, everybody had gotten their cup and everybody had sat down. And you heard the words, who made the sweet tea? And everybody's kind of looking at each other and there's a little disgruntled look on people's faces. Guests are there and... and uh, Lo and behold, this student had forgotten to put the sugar in the sweet tea. He was caught up with a whole lot to do and had missed the one main ingredient. So now there's a big saying at the Wesley, who made the sweet tea? And we almost had need shirts of that. How are you distracted from the things that mean the most? Or better yet, what is distracting you from the one thing that does mean the most? What is distracting you from attending to the one main thing, the most important thing? I think as we were working our way through our songs this morning and our worship, the one thing that was just over and over in my mind was Jesus wants to sit with you. That was just the one thing just repetitively over my heart was Jesus wants to sit with you. And he wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. And so often we spend all our time not even looking for that seat, but looking for the next thing to do. The next task to accomplish. The next thing to get done. What I love about this story here in the Gospel of Luke is you so often see Jesus going from town to town, and it particularly says Jesus entered this town. He strayed off his path and went into this city. This is Bethany. It's about two miles from Jerusalem. And I can imagine Jesus on this path and just kind of veering off to this city, to this family. This family of Mary and Martha and, and their brother Lazarus. And they, he veers off into this city. I wonder if he was tugged. I wonder if he was tugged or even nudged to visit this home for this story for you and I to hear and continually to hear. 
for this opportunity for us because he knew that you and I would so often get distracted. You and I would so often get distracted and not sit with Jesus. And for us to be reminded our need to be with Jesus. Now, if you know anything about Jesus, whenever Jesus enters a town, something is about to happen. Something is about to take place. And I would dare you to read the Gospel of Luke and look for the places where it says Jesus entered the town. Read the Gospels and look for the times where he enters a city. Something is about to take place. Something is about to happen. Take notice. Now, what I like to do is I want to imagine Mary and Martha sitting at home. They have their regular things to do, regular tasks before them. They're just daily life. And then here comes Jesus. And it's not just Jesus, by the way. It's not Jesus by himself alone. Jesus and his ragtag group of friends. All his disciples are following behind him into this home of Mary and Martha. I wonder if Mary and Martha got a text message ahead of time. Hey, by the way, Jesus and the disciples are on the way. I wonder if they got an email or a Facebook post or an Instagram notification. Hey, get ready. You got an hour. You got a day. You got a week. They're on their way. Get the meal just right. Clean underneath the couch and the sofa. Get all, everything looking pristine. I wonder if Mary and Martha had that heads up. And in walks Jesus. Jesus and his ragtag group of fishermen, tax collectors, individuals that are on the outside and the outcast. And Jesus is walking in and he sits down in Martha's house. Martha welcomes him in, prepares a beautiful place for them to sit, and lo and behold, she's sitting in the kitchen. She's sitting off away, getting everything ready, and where's her little sister? Now, say that being a little brother, knowing many times that in the things that me and my brother had to do, so often I was caught up doing things we weren't supposed to do. And my brother was getting things ready or cleaning or getting those tasks done so that we could go do X, Y, and Z. And there Martha is sitting, not doing anything to help Martha. And Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha becoming anxious and overwhelmed. And that word distracted. In the Greek, that word being pulled and separated. She's being pulled and separated. I can imagine for me the many times of the task that I must do, feeling that being pulled and separated. I know I need to go spend some quiet time, but I got all these things to do. I know I need to slow down and make slow steps, but I got X, Y, and Z, and if I don't do those, it won't get done. I know this is good for my soul, but if I don't do this, it won't get done. Have you been there? Have you been at those places in life where the emotions begin to rise and bubble? 
and you know something is so good for you, but you have to do all the other things that sometimes, so often, cause harm. Martha is doing the right thing, but exactly at the wrong time. Martha is doing the exact cultural right thing to prepare and host and be hospitable and be welcoming and to get the room and the space just right, but she's doing it at the wrong time. And then you have Mary that is captivated, that is bought in, that is sitting at the feet of Jesus. I like to envision her sitting cross-legged, just locked in, zoned in, and nothing else happening. And you have these two characters in the tug of war. The reason why I think that this scripture particularly is meant to be reminded continually over and over again is because a it's a family it's a family situation two sisters it's a family situation and it's a it's a story that you and I so often get caught up in because you so often hear the words don't be Martha be Mary that's like over and over it's just a common saying But Martha is caught up in doing exactly what is right at exactly the wrong time. And Mary is soaking up every ounce of time that she can with Jesus. I want to challenge you to go and read a little bit later on in the Gospel of John chapter 11, 1 through 44. And then also John chapter 12, 1 through 3. Dive into those scenes as well. By the way, Martha does not learn her lesson. But Mary is captivated by something, or better yet, by someone. In 2020, the pandemic rolled in, and uh, as a minister, I would say, I would dare to say, the, the, the task and the to-do list ramped up. They, they began to wait all the students, all the people that need to be taken care of and need to be provided hope, all the things that needed to get done or had to get done. And it was about October. It was about October of 2020, and we had the college students on a retreat, and uh, the speaker, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was extremely profound to the point that I knew I needed to take a pause button. I knew I personally needed to stop and to rest and abide because I'd been in the posture of doing instead of being. I'd been in the posture of doing the checklist, doing all the things that needed to get done instead of being. I ran into a book, and I want to encourage you to pick it up and and to read Pete Siscaro. The book is Emotionally Healthy Leadership. And in that book, Pete talks about you are a human being, not a human doing. You are a human being and you're meant to be in relationship. You're meant to be in relationship with others. But as we see here in this particular story, you're meant to be in relationship with Jesus. So often we get caught up in the the doing, in the task list, the things that 
have to be done. If they don't get done, they won't happen. But what Jesus is calling us to is to be with him and to sit. And as Todd opened up the service to rest, to slow down. That's our true posture. And everything out there is saying, do, get it done, get it right. And everything here is saying, slow down, make slow steps, and be. Sit. Find your seat. And find your rest. Are you distracted? Are you pulled? Are you tugged by all the things that have to be done? Or are you recentered, re-energized, and find being in being with Jesus? Now, as I sit, and as we sit, and you go later on and read the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and read through there, 1 through 44, you'll see a scene with Mary and Martha again. You're going to see a scene with Mary and Martha again, and their brother Lazarus has died. And Lazarus has been dead for some time, and Jesus sat at the town that he was in before rushing back to Lazarus. And you see Martha do exactly what Martha has been doing. It's her posture. She runs out to Jesus. She meets him on his way to the house, to the tomb, and ushers the word, if you would have been here, you could have done something. That's what Martha is all about. The doing and getting done, the task list, all the work that has to happen. And there's a conversation between Martha and Jesus. And Martha and Jesus have a conversation about the death and the resurrection. And Jesus says the words... He will rise again. He will experience the resurrection. And Martha says, yes, I know on the day of death, he will experience the resurrection. And then Jesus ushers the words, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. See, I had this thought, I had this belief, I have something that I want to be grounded in, I want us all to be grounded in, is that Jesus is the resurrection, and when we sit with the resurrection, when we spend time with the resurrection, when we place faith in the resurrection, Jesus, we begin to live resurrected lives. We begin to find our life and our being in the resurrection, not way off when, but here now. In the present, we find our operating, our living in the resurrected. There was something that was said a few years ago at the, uh, at the Wesley, and we kind of hold on to it and just, it's a, it's a, it's a narrative, it's a, it's a golden thread that we like to sow through everything we do. And if the king is present, what's your response? It's a question we want to continually ask ourselves in the sense that if Jesus is present, what is your response to his presence? Mary, it's to sit and be. Martha, it's to get all the things done because of the anxiousness and worry of the task that must be done. 
For us in this day, for us here now, if the king is present, what's your response to his presence? Do you sit and soak up? Do you spend that time of being and relating and sharing with him? Do you find yourself saying, you're the good portion. And I want all of the good portion that I can get. Because everything out there is becoming mute. Is becoming chaos. Is becoming nothing that I want to do with. What I love about that question and asking ourselves if the king is present, what's our response? That doesn't just happen here in this space, but it's carried with us in life. And we usher that in every step we go and every place we go to. Our work life, our family, our neighborhood, our friends. We usher in that resurrected life so that others, as they experience us, experience the resurrection through us. They experience Jesus. And they get a foretaste of the kingdom to come. For you, how will you spend your time with Jesus? This coming week, how have you already decided how your time will go? Will it be rust with the task to do? Or will it be ordered around the king? Have you already set out saying, Wednesday's coming, I have X, Y, and Z, it's got to get done? Or have you already looked at Monday through Friday saying, I need this time with Jesus. I need this time in prayer. I need this time with Scripture. And everything else around it can evolve around it. It can sit with it. But i got to sit with the king before I ever sit with anyone else. i got to sit with Jesus and the resurrection. So that wherever I go, others experience the good portion through me. How will we, the church, experience this week? How will we, the church, out of our coming together and serving in this community, in this world, how will we experience this world? Will we be, will we be distracted by all the things that must be done? Or will we be captivated by the mission that Jesus has called us to? Will we be so captivated by making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world out of our being with Jesus that the world sees Jesus through us? Now for us today, what I want to say is that there's a table prepared. There's a good portion that we can feast on. There's a good portion that we can gather around. And this table is prepared for you and for us. And that seat is ready for you to take. Come and sit. Come and abide. Come and be with Jesus together corporately. So that as we get up and as we go out, we're fueled by the good portion. We're fueled by the being with Jesus. Now, I pick with Toby and the band uh, whenever I get an opportunity to preach and I ask them to sing this song and to do this song uh, because my mentor uh, he wrote this song in the 70s and for me it's a formative song 
Because we all hunger and long for the resurrection. And we all hunger and long for the good gospel. And the gospel feast that we all one day will gather around. The table that has many seats. And we gather around those seats in that table and we feast at that gospel feast together. Sisters and brothers of the Most High. If you're distracted, if you're divided, if you're overwhelmed, anxious, if things are tugging and pulling, my encouragement to you is as you come forth to make slow steps. Find yourself setting those things aside and taking the good portion. The sign and a symbol of an inward and spiritual grace that is working in you and through you as we all hunger and long of being with Jesus wherever we go. The night before Christ was crucified, he took bread. He broke it, gave it to his disciples, said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you eat of this, do so in remembrance of me. Fall in the middle, he took a cup. He poured it out. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink of this, do so in remembrance of me. The table is set. The meal is prepared. Come and sit at the table with the king. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day, your day, a day to celebrate the resurrection and to live into the resurrection. And that all the things that are before us must be formed and shaped by you so that our life is formed and shaped by you. That whatever must be done is done through you. And whatever time is spent is time spent with you. There our life resembles and is thy kingdom come and thou will be done. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen. If the communion servers will come forward.
Amen and amen. We are grateful for music and the word spoken. Thank you all for being here. Something I neglected to say earlier, and I want to say it out loud. Um, we found out this morning that one of our clergy, who has been serving you poor, I think, Nathan and Caroline Phillips, that are not related to our Phillips as far as we know, um, their baby died. I don't know if it was a SIDS death or some other event, but we just want to remember the Phillips family and their loss. Just a few announcements before we let you go. <clears throat> we have a men's Sunday school class that has resumed, and it's meeting in room S200, which is in the sanctuary building up those stairs right at the top. Um, Dabney is a member of that class, and it's being taught um, by Martin Reddy. And uh, if you would like to be a part of a men's Sunday school class, please join them. They would love to have you. Um, children's news, if you have a child that's um, will be in the third grade this coming school year, please let us know. We have a big Sunday where we hand them their own Bible for the first time because by third grade they actually begin reading on their own. So please let us know that that's happening and we want to have a Bible engraved for them. And then you see for children who are moving from children to youth, there's going to be a big send-off at Ed's Burgers on Monday, July the 18th at 6 p.m. So those families will be there and um, they will move the children officially from the children's program to the youth program. So if you have a child that would like to be a part of that, we'd love for them to move on up to youth. Um, youth News, you see, St. Moore Youth Group will meet today from 10 to 10.50 upstairs in the Ferguson Annex. And then Sunday Night Youth Group will meet tonight, this Sunday, at 5.30 in the same location. Our hunger offering in July is Edward Street Food Pantry. So if you want to contribute in addition to whatever you normally give to the church, just mark on the memo line hunger and we'll get it to them this month. By the way, you may not know this, but we are the largest financial contributor to Edward Street Fellowship. So thank you all for your generosity regarding them. Any th thank you for being here today. God bless you. Go and enjoy your life and, and this beautiful day.